Are you worried that your income won't qualify you for a loan or you don't have good enough credit to live where you want after your divorce? This is a huge concern for a lot of people. And these are some of the things we're going to be talking about today on the Divorce Etc. podcast. We're Jessica and TH. We focus on helping you navigate your divorce and successfully move on with your life. Please follow us on all social media at xexperts and check out xexperts.com for tons of free divorce-related resources. Let's bring in today's guest. Hey everyone, this is TH. Um, we are thrilled to have Emily Flowers here. She is a certified divorce lending professional. Yes, there is such a thing. And we are gonna ask her all of the questions that you have um, related to your home, mortgage, credit, all that good stuff. And we are going to keep it super simple. So welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We're really excited about this because housing, as we know, is like one of the absolute top main concerns. And we've had so many conversations with people about a lot of times in divorce, the conversation being who's going to get the house. And oftentimes one party doesn't even realize they can't even afford the house or that having the house, keeping it may not even be the best decision for them. So first, how do you help someone decide if that actually would be the right decision for them? So we do what's called divorce mortgage planning. And it's a, it's a very basic concept, basically, but we take all of your information, we kind of plug it into this spreadsheet type thing, and it kind of spits out to us what you're going to need. So we can even determine how much support you're going to need based on that in order to, A, keep the house, or uh, what you would qualify for, for a purchase, Um are you going to need an equity buyout, meaning giving the spouse part of the equity required, um, things like that, depending on your divorce, you know, settlement agreement. Wait, let me, let me step mm -hmm. back a second. Yeah. I'm getting a divorce. Okay. When do I call you? Right. It sounds like it's one of your, it sounds like we're talking to you before we're even working out the settlement. Right. I'm it's thinking about be. getting a divorce. Do I call you now? Yeah. Or I'm in it and I've got my team. Do I call you now? When do I call you? Immediately. Um, and and the reason being is, you know, there's there's these puzzle pieces that go together, right? You have your, you know, your family law attorney and you have your um, financial and tax planning and you have your property and you have your mortgage planning. And those should all be right up front. They, they should be at discovery as if you're, you know, going through the legal process um, because we need to evaluate all of this before they start writing that divorce decree and they screw it up because I've seen it. So yeah, immediately, please. <laughs> what if you own your home outright? Do I still call you if I'm getting a you divorce? You might need to. Um, are you going to have to split equity? You're probably gonna have to buy your spouse. No, out probably. So, but I just want people to know this: yeah. you you don't just help people who have a mortgage. If you own or you're you know you jointly own your home outright, you don't have a mortgage. 
You know, Emily's still somebody you need to call. And what if you're renting? Are you still somebody to call because I might want to own a house? I mean, if, is it like if a home is anywhere in your future or in your present, do we call you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, is that I'll, I'll get phone calls in my traditional business where it's like, okay, I'm, I got this new job and I'm just, I'm ready to buy a house. And I look at them and I go, you're like six months away from buying this house. Like <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff going on right here that you have not even considered. Right. So we probably need to walk through that before you just jump in feet first. And and the bank down the street has been like, yeah, I'll give you a pre-approval, which just happened to me recently. And they do not qualify. And right. they have a contract. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> so- for someone, they're getting divorced, they call you, what are some of the first things, what, what's the information that they need to have to be able to give you for you to be able to help determine for them, are they in a position to buy a house? Could they be in a position to buy a house or refinance? Like what, because we also have a lot of conversations about the fact that unfortunately, a lot of women getting divorced are not financially literate. They don't know a lot of their own finances. They don't know where the information is. So they may not know or be prepared. So what kind of information would you want them to bring to you so that you can help them make this assessment? Sure. The, the first thing we're going to start with is a full application. It, it's the easiest way to determine to take a look at every single thing you have in your life. Um, we're gonna pull credit and we're gonna you know, assess that. And then we're also gonna look at any legal documents or separation agreements, anything else that you have already in place and see um, if there's any what's called contingent liabilities and things like that. So, so are you obligated on this or, or can we take that out of the equation? Um, will you be getting alimony, child support maintenance, um, or lump sum payout? Can we structure something different for you so that the process can start sooner? Because we also have to look at stability and continuance when it comes to all of these things. So that application and then me sitting there going, okay, can I see your W-2s? Can I see, you know, your bank statements and, you know, just all the different aspects of what you have so that we can structure what it is you're going to either be able to do. Do you have to sell? And are you going to buy something lesser? Um, are you going to be able to afford this refinance? Some people, when they do their refinance, you know, they have an equity buyout in place in their divorce um, settlement agreement, but maybe mom and dad are paying for the equity and they're they're not adding that onto their mortgage because they can't afford the payment. Right. You know, there's there's other situations in place that could happen. So I need that whole picture, the whole big picture. Right. I kind of feel like you'd be good to have in my life at any time, not even divorce, <laughs> to kind of get like well, a like check in planning. on my 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 right, my opportunity or lack of opportunity or what I need to do in order to have an opportunity, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, when you're trying to get your ish together, you know, it's it's good to have somebody in your corner going, did you think about this? Right. 
you know, do you have this in place? You know, what about, you know, did you talk to your financial planner about some lump sum and what that's going to cost you? Or did you move into the rental? Now you've got capital gains issues. <laughs> but I want to ask you about that because you did bring up the fact that sometimes people will get whatever their settlement is or their payments as um, either monthly or quarterly or annually versus a lump sum. If someone wants to become a homeowner after their divorce, generally, is it better for them to have whatever money is coming in from their ex as whatever part of the settlement? Is it better to have it stretched out over time, like on a payment plan? Or is it better to have a lump sum so you just have all the money there? It depends. So um, I, I'll explain two ways. So I have a client right now. Um, they, they don't have an opportunity to do a lump sum. Okay. So there's you know, he's going to be paying alimony and child support, but he's not in a position to do all that up front, right? Sure. So um, they are now, I have to wait now for them to start paying some, you can do it by temporary orders, which is the best thing, which judges don't like to do, but temporary orders are, are your best bet, right? Because they start that clock. It doesn't matter the payment. It could be $10,000 or $8,000. I don't really care as long as that clock started. And then it has to wait six months. Well, you also have to have three years continuance on top of that. Plus, we need time to get that um, refinance or whatever completed. So we're talking probably 42 months, 47 months. Before they would be qualified in order to make that purchase? In the divorce decree, they have to have they have to have anywhere from three to six months. Now, if you have a lump sum, it's like one month, so it, it can be better. You can also use band aid things like quadros, and you can get really technical and do all this stuff. I do have a lady who's got a couple mil um, in her settlement, and we're doing it based off annuities and things like that. Um, and I'm working with her certified divorce financial analyst. So her okay. financial planner who is certified in divorce. Okay? So the importance of that, just for everyone listening, is that there are financial planners and there are, you know, mortgage brokers and mortgage lenders. But having someone like Emily, who's a certified divorce lending professional, means that she's going to have other ways for you to be able to qualify that the traditional mortgage person may not know. They may not be aware of it. This is her specialty. So you you may think you may not qualify for a traditional loan, but in actuality, you may. It's really important that you are talking to the right people who have the right certification to be able to guide you down the right path. Um, let's also share your fees. Oh, <laughs> Um, well, I am not able to charge for my services. Did you all hear that? That's, I, think that's, I think that's normal though, in like the mortgage lending. I world. know, but once you put divorce on things, I feel like all of a sudden you're spending a lot of money, a financial advisor and, and some, you know, certified divorce financial advisors do charge, but I'm just saying for this. And for someone with this type of certification to kind of check in with of right. what you need to know, and, and especially if you're in the process of thinking about it and like, 
really getting your shit together. Yeah. This is not a financial strain on you. This just takes a phone call. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally worth doing for sure. Yeah. I only get paid if, if we close. And really what I am is a resource. I'm a resource to your attorney. I'm a resource to you. Um, and you know, if something happens and we're able to do something great, um, then I'll, I'll, I'll get paid that way. Um, I do, I can charge if I have to testify in a court of law. That's right, the only which is like a whole nother well, bag of chips. Uh, right. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's as an expert in the court. So okay. that's different. We're going to take just a quick pause here because we know it's hard to get honest and reliable information about your divorce. So we've done the work for you. Be sure to, su to subscribe to our newsletter to get ex experts in your inbox. Join our virtual open house events where you can ask questions to top experts live and sign up for our private sessions so you can move forward and thrive. You can get all this info and more at xexperts.com. That's E-X-E-X-P-E-R-T-S dot com. We've lived it, so we get it. When it comes to your relationship after divorce, do you always think it's your partner or ex's fault? It isn't, although it often can be. What role do you play and how can you unhook to do better for you in your divorce or co-parenting relationship? Sherry Morris is a lawyer and now a full-time divorce coach. She has a unique niche in this field because she works with couples as well as individuals to help them decide about divorce, reduce conflict during it, and do better post-divorce to de-escalate conflict and take care of themselves. She can facilitate difficult discussions to improve how to decide to move forward, and her transformative model of mediation coaching will change how you view your interactions and yourself. To learn more, check out Sherry's website, www.deardivorcecoach.com. Sherry also has an awesome co-parenting course and guide to co-parenting with your ex called Co-Parenting, What It Is and How We Do It. Click the store on her website and use the code XEXPERTS for a discount. So let's get back to talking to Emily about what she can provide to us. I really feel like one of the really important things to be able to discuss is how you're able to show people that they can find like income streams to make them qualified for a loan if they either aren't working and they think, well, I don't have a job. I don't have a paycheck coming in every month. So therefore I'm not eligible for a loan. The traditional conservative thinking about getting a mortgage for a house and the ideas or not necessarily your ideas, but the ways that you are able to actually show someone they can buy a home, even if they don't have like the traditional ways of getting paid. Yeah. It, again, it all comes from, you know, what, what, what do we have to work with? right? Um, do, again, do we have some lump sum opportunities? You know, we can work with the maintenance and the child support and the, you know, alimony and all of that, um, but we need to work around those guidelines. And all that timing is very important because you don't want to be in contempt. I can't tell you how many people go into contempt because they, you, you know, they didn't follow the guidelines or um, the attorney didn't consult us to to help them, you know, write the divorce settlement agreement. We had to get a job in order to make this all come together, which shouldn't be the case um, for the most part. I mean, so that what, would be really important for a stay-at-home mom. It is. Because alimony is income. So you are making income if you're getting alimony. 
even as a stay-at-home mom. And then that becomes part of your equation, especially if you have young kids at home. I remember I had to go to an employability expert and I'd always worked. It's just that at that time, company I worked for imploded. So, you know, there's that, but you know, it's just, there are opportunities, the job and the employability expert weren't a good indication of my future opportunities for buying a house. So alimony is considered income when applying for a mortgage. What about child support? Yes. Yeah. Is definitely. that a, is that a really? change? Huh? Yes. Yeah. It's considered income. Um, yep. All of it. Alimony, child support, maintenance. Now, um, funny, uh, how your divorce settlement agreement is written. Um, Fanny and Freddie and, you know, FHA and all that, they care about how you talk about those things in your divorce settlement agreement. So it's really important for the attorney to talk to me as well, because if they aren't wording it properly in the divorce settlement agreement, it won't count. Okay. So when the mortgage lenders are actually reviewing the documents, they may say this isn't worded the right way. So what's the right way? It kind of depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And uh, um, there, you know, I usually hand out sample verbiage to my attorneys so that they can um, start being very specific on who's responsible for what and putting in those dates of when the responsibility is, you know, separated and things like that. And, and, uh, when to call alimony or maintenance or child support or this or that, what to call it. Um, it's really on a case-by-case -case basis, so it's not like a blanket, but is, it's important. Is there a blanket set of rules and requirements? You you referred to um, like the the timing before. So is it that anyone would need to show a history of a minimum of three to six months of the money already coming in this quote unquote income coming in. And then you need to show, I don't know what you would call it. Like it's not post-closing liquidity, but like you would have to show after that six months that you're going to have a guaranteed X amount of money coming in over X number of years. Is that what they're looking for? Yes. So FHA is a three month, uh, you know, you have to collect for three months. Conventional is six months. So okay. I'd have to see that coming into your account um, on a on a regular basis, typically court ordered um, or some sort of documentation showing me that. And then the continuance is what you're referring to um, is three years. Okay. So, but again, that timeline, right? If we have a timeline, um, and and you start january 1 right yeah. and you collect for six months till july 1 or whatever right. right um so that's 6 36 right well then we need time to um also close the loan and you know have a cushion in there so it's more like 42 months okay so sometimes your divorce decrees are written i had one for 32 months i'm like that gets me nowhere Right. I can do okay. nothing with this. So, so I wrote the attorney's sure. letters and was like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Can you make hey, sure this continuance this? goes on the amount of time that it's required? So right. anyone who's getting divorced should not necessarily, unless they have their own 
accounts and their own savings and their own source of income separate and apart from whatever kind of alimony or child support you're getting generally someone should expect that from the time of their divorce and the time that those payments start you're not buying a house earlier than six months from then so you're going to have to figure out where you would be living for that first at least six months to get your ducks in a row to be able to show that documentation is that fair that's it's fair. Um, you also can do this process depending on the client before, during, and after divorce. So let's say we have a working individual, right? A, a, a working mom or dad, what, whatever, um, parent, uh, person. Um, and they're like, listen, I got to get this. I got to get a house or I have to get him out and, you know, her off the mortgage or whatever, um, you can do it prior to. Um, there are some documentation that each has to sign. So they have to be amicable in order to do it. Right, but, but it that's is, for someone who has their own job and already has their yeah. own assets, not yeah. someone who's 100% relying on these new payments that are gonna be coming in. Then, then definitely it would have to be after, we'd have to wait for that collection period like I am with, um, you know, this, this one individual right now. Right. And what are, I know that these kind of things can change just like mortgage rates change, but on average these days, what's the typical down payment? I mean, it used to be 10%. Does that still exist anywhere? Or does sometimes, does the amount of your down payment depend on whether or not you do have income and all of this other qualifying information versus if you are a ho wholly relying on the support coming in from your ex, then is it generally a different standard for a down payment? Um, for a purchase? Yes. It's 3% down up to 20%. 3% for an FHA loan. 3% is actually a conventional loan that they have now. Um, but Fannie and Freddie both offer it. Wow. It's called Home Ready or Home Possible. It's income-based. So okay. if you don't make, you know, a crap ton of income, right, and and you're in that average median income for that area, um, you can qualify for that. And it All also right. offers reduced mortgage insurance. And, and are you going to be subject to a higher interest rate with a lower down payment loan like that? No. It actually competes and actually does a little bit better than FHA. That's exciting so, to hear. Yes, it is. I mean, but not that's, everybody that's great. It. Most people don't use it, you know, and, and most lenders. Is it that they're know, not they, using it because they don't know about it or they're not using it because they don't qualify for it? Um, not everybody offers it, first of all. Meaning banks. Um, some banks do, some banks don't. Um, not everybody offers it. Two, they're not familiar with it, so it's just not in their normal everyday repertoire, so they just don't learn about it. Right. Um, I shove everybody I can into this program. I can even do refinances in this program. Wow. Mm. What's the threshold of income level to be able to qualify for that program? It kind of depends upon what kind of uh, part of the country you're in. So, oh. you know, the Midwest is going to be different than the coast. Can you give us so a are you calling Emily estimates? after the show, Jessica? I can't refinance. <laughs> I live in a co-op. They'll never allow it. Um, no, but I think it'd be helpful for people who live across the country, like an estimate, totally. an estimated ballpark amount. Like if you live in the Northeast, you know, you have to make under whatever. If you live in the Midwest, you have to make under whatever, like 
In the Midwest, it's typically under about 78,000. Okay. What about on the West Coast or East Coast? I'd love to tell you, but I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I haven't right, looked fine. that up. Okay, uh, but probably it, it's probably not a significant. It's not going to be like it's seventy-eight thousand in the West Coast and it's three hundred thousand on the East Coast. I mean, it'll be it's the average median income, so it okay. it could be pretty drastic. So whatever the average median income for the zip code that you are trying to purchase in, that's okay. where it's going to apply. Understood. Mm-hmm. Understood. Yeah. So what percentage would you say of people that you're working with um, are able to like successfully walk and, and especially people who didn't think that they'd be able to qualify and they come to you and they have this free consult and they're thinking it's hopeless. What, in your opinion, what, what percentage of people are walking out successfully feeling like, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to be able to actually buy a home after this. Um, it's pretty high, actually. Um, we just refinanced a guy who is a veteran and um, his income, like it, he really didn't qualify, but we were able to, because we're divorce lending professionals, right? We were able to restructure his the way his debt works with his income and okay. he qualified. But you're, like your traditional lender or bank is not going to know that. They're going to try to put you into some sort of like, cash out refinance situation, which is, is actually a higher interest rate than, you know, a rate and term, instead of using the equity buyout option, you know, they're not going to be able to structure that income and that debt load. And they're, they're just not going to be able to do those things. And, you, you know, using somebody like me free, you know, yeah. and being able to to structure all of that and have a conversation, the chances are a lot higher uh, having a conversation with me right. than they are having a conversation with anybody else. I'll well, yeah, I that's feel what like I'm saying. I mean, everybody should listening should be calling right. Emily like right away. And honestly, anybody who's in the market to be a homeowner or to totally. refinance something should be using a certified divorce lending professional because they know all the tricks and all the I mean, ins and, and outs. And free resource. Yeah. Amazing. I, I knew it when I spoke to you initially, and then it came back around, like you're just a really valuable resource that I'm not sure enough people know about. So that's why we're, that's why we're doing this. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I mean, I I think that this is definitely something that we should further the conversation on, especially getting people's questions and stuff, because I, I think that I may be ultra sensitive to all of this because I am a homeowner and it, it it is a priority of mine. I know a lot of people who are like owning a home for them isn't part of their American dream, which is totally fine. Everybody, it's so subjective. Um, but I feel like for anybody out there who's worried kind of about the stability of your home, the stability of where you're going to live after divorce, especially if you were coming out of a situation where you and your spouse did own a home and you felt like that gave you, you know, made you feel more settled then um, there's no question that talking to Emily or or someone that she refers you to in your area as a divorced, certified divorce lending professional is going to be the way to go because you're like a hidden gem, I feel like. Someone who knows all of these secret things that the traditional mortgage lenders just don't know. Thank you. I I feel like it was um, a really, and, and we get um, coached and educated every week at least. 
it, it's an ongoing education. Now there are, you know, um, some that don't practice and, and they're not on these, you know, getting, you know, they're, they're, they get it for this designation and then they kind of forget about it. So they're not like up on all the new things. Exactly. So if you contact me, then I will make sure you get somebody who's actually practicing, who does a really good job at, at what they do, because there are some that are, I mean, unbelievable. Um, and I, and I, I even have my, um, my operations manager licensed. He and I work on everything together. And so um, that's been the best thing that's ever happened because he goes and digs through guidelines and gets everything together for you so we can be successful um, in your transaction. Fantastic. Such a crucial service. So thank you, Emily. And for everyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast with the ex-experts today, then can you help a girl out or two girls really? Because when you subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us get the word out so we can help support more people like you going through divorce and beyond. Check the show notes for more info on Emily Flowers and certified divorce lending professionals. And of course, share this with anyone you know who could benefit from listening. Have a great day.